Welcome to Rich Conversations. Today, we are joined from El Paso, Texas by Gigi Flores. This is her third appearance on the podcast, previously in episodes 176 and 235. Always exciting to have someone on for the third time. I feel like it's a, a milestone. It always feels good. I, I always enjoy it. With Gigi, I really love the way she kind of approaches art and the thought um, behind, I think she has really good taste and she's really has an eye for aesthetics. And so I love kind of picking her brain about uh, things that are on my mind in, in relation to design and film and art. So I'm trying to get into film more uh, and that vehicle of art where you're telling a story and you have a certain amount of time, right? And you have a toolbox of all these artistic tools, right? Lighting and framing and uh, dialogue, all this stuff, right? And you're telling a story. It's very, it's very like to the core of a human being. We're storytellers, right? And I want to get more into understanding the intention that goes into filmmaking. So I'm exploring some Martin Scorsese films. And this one, I watched Taxi Driver. And so I had some questions uh, about Taxi Driver and directing for Gigi. And from there, we talked about photography and all, all other sorts of stuff. Um, it's so fun talking with her. I always enjoy it. This was a lot of fun. I'm excited to share it. Yeah, design. Design and uh, thoughtfulness. It's something really on my mind lately. Just how everything in the world is communicating something to us. Whether you're on your phone and an ad comes up. That ad isn't totally random, right? Um, well, it's based on kind of an algorithm based on your interests and previous whatever goes into the algorithm. But the way it's designed, the font, the colors, when you walk into a room, you know, things are that way for a reason. And it reflects and it communicates something about who designed it that way. And with film, it's one of the highest kind of forms of of communication or, or telling a story, there's all these different elements that go into it. So that's been on my mind lately. And Gigi is a fantastic person to uh, gain insights from with it. So I really enjoyed this conversation. Uh, I hope you enjoy it too. Uh, previous or before we get into that episode, I was just uh, in Millennium Park and decided to record some thoughts something I'm kind of focused on recently with life. Uh, recorded it. I was meeting up with Matt Bones. We were going to go to the uh, Art Institute and film and record a podcast for for them. So uh, he was running a few minutes behind. So I was just in Millennium Park and I was just <laughs> already had my recording stuff. I was like, all right, let's record something. So that is that. 
so exciting. And again, this is the new format we have. Mondays and Wednesdays, we're going to have episodes with guests. And then right before the guests, we're going to have some solo thoughts, reflections, observations about life and the world. So a lot of fun. Thanks for listening. Without further ado, let's begin. It's an amazing day out. This is the first day in Chicago of 2023 that it's over 60 degrees. And I'm downtown in Millennium Park. I'm waiting for Matt Bones. We're going to the Art Institute. I'm pointing over there, it's over there. And uh, so I had some, some minutes to spare. So I'm just, I was like, you know what? Let's uh, share some thoughts. It's really cool to, this is, I'm rarely downtown in the morning. It's usually in the afternoon. And uh, it's cool to see people out. You have this mixture of Friday energy and warm weather energy that creates this magical experience in the city of Chicago. So just to like sit here, hear the birds chirping the weather's warm and just uh, appreciating the moment. Some things on my mind have been disciplined gratitude. Um, night routine. I'm trying to create a night routine for myself because I have this, this really enjoyable morning routine that I follow every single day, six days a week. And then on the seventh day, I have my own routine I follow every single day. And I've been finding, I've been like reflecting on my habits, um, observing them and the results that they yield and doing some tinkering with them, with the habits and with routines. And I find that at night, I'm kind of scattered. My brain is kind of scattered, you know. Uh, Do I watch something on Netflix? But then I I spend an hour flipping through all the different uh, streaming services to actually decide. And then I don't decide. Um, But that's probably bad for me at night to be looking at screens. So I've been journaling a little more. Uh, I really enjoy writing personal letters. And I've done that in the past in the mornings. But I would like my mornings to be more exclusive for um, channeling creative energy towards long-term goals. So that's been kind of on my mind and something kind of fun I'm looking forward to is building a night routine to follow. I think a lot about like systems and processes with life and trying to be as efficient in my life as much as possible because the 21st century everything wants your attention everything is seducing trying to manipulate you uh, trying to get your attention and so if you don't build these systems and processes for yourself 
to operate, right? You have to build it yourself, you know? Or I'm saying that to myself. It's like, Rich, if you don't create these systems to follow where you can build boundaries in your life and then within those boundaries, be as present as possible, be as um, engaged as much as possible, then you're going to have a rough time. You're going to experience a lot of stress, anxiety, uh, depression. So you really have to, Rich, work on these things. Put effort towards it and in constructing and designing it to yield the results that you want, right? Um, So kind of systems and processes, disciplined gratitude and energy, right? Like how energy is just so important. And so something I'm doing more is going outside my apartment and having social contact with other human beings. Doing some more exploring. Over the last week, I've had some revelations that have kind of opened my mind to opportunities and possibilities and widened my perspective, but like focused my attention in a way. It's been really exciting. And I feel that some really great experiences coming up and just appreciate every moment of every day because it is beautiful. It's beautiful and I hope to encourage other people to find the beauty in their own lives and the world around them. (laughs) All right. We are here with Gigi Flores. And so good to have you back on. Is this your third time that we've recorded? I think so. Yeah. Third? Maybe fourth? I don't know. We'll have to go back. Go back in the notes. Let's see. Um, and something I wanted to explore, something that's been on my mind lately is, I guess, film. Like I'm trying to get more into film and I have this like newfound appreciation of design and intention and how like everything means something. Mm -hmm. And so like, I'll go to during the week, I'll go to like hotel lobby bars and just get a glass of wine and then just like study interior design because everything is there for a reason. And um, I thought, you know, I should look more into what goes into the thought process of filmmaking. And um, I wanted to explore some directors. And so I reached out to Gigi because you, you have one, I think really good, like visual aesthetics and like a great eye for just like the placements and like the color coordination, like symbiotic relationship. (laughs) Um, And you watch movies a lot. So I thought I'm going to watch a movie. I chose Taxi Driver 
uh, Martin Scorsese film so I could get more into what things mean and exploring um, the creative process of filmmaking. So welcome back to the show. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for that compliment about the visuals. Yes, I am a very like visual and I like certain aesthetics and I like things to look a certain way. That's that's true. Um, and I think that's that's the beauty of filmmaking as well. You know, it's it's storytelling, but uh, more visually. Right. And it's like you said, everything is there for a reason. That's something that I always tell my students whenever we are writing. And you have to take in consideration that a film starts on a page. Without a script, there's really no film, right? Yeah. Uh, Why don't you reintroduce yourself for listeners and viewers? Okay. Uh, my name is Gigi Flores. I am from El Paso, Texas. I am currently a professor in creative writing at the at UTEP, University of Texas at El Paso. Um, and some of my hobbies include um, watching movies and photography. Yeah, that's what I do. Um, but yes, uh, what was I saying? What was I telling you? I forgot. Sorry. I kind of forgot too. I think I cut you off. <laughs> I can't. We're talking about aesthetics and how everything means something. Oh, yes. Um, so yeah, something that I always tell my students is that when you're watching a movie, just take into consideration that everything that, well, most of the things, right? It depends also on the director and the decisions that they finally um, take on the end, right? Um, but a lot of things actually start on a page. So it involves writing, right? And you also need to have those like vivid and detailed descriptions and why you're choosing certain colors. And for example, with Taxi Driver, one of the things that I remember from the film, which we were supposed to watch, you did, I didn't, I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, is that it feels very dreamlike, right? You have this like color palette uh, that Scorsese uses throughout the film, especially the night scenes in New York. Um, they've, they've one, they feel very vivid and also they give you that dreamlike sensation in a way. And that's of course for a reason because we're talking about the existence or existentialism. There you go, I can say that. Um, yeah that uh the main character is going through so it makes sense huh huh <laughs> so i watched taxi driver like you mentioned and uh do you do you have favorite directors i think i might have asked you this before Yes, so actually Martin Scorsese is one of them. Yes, I love his visuals. I love his way of, uh, of telling stories. Another one that's really good that I'm a huge fan of, um, it's uh, Shutter Island. I don't know if you've seen that that's movie. A, yeah, that's it's a great movie. Um, so yeah, again, the visuals in that movie, right? That plot twist at the end, it's, it's also very interesting. Um, which one is another one? I love The Wolf of Wall Street just because it's it's honestly, I think it's hilarious. Um, it is funny. It is funny, yes. <laughs> so again, um, he has a very unique way of showing things in camera, which I don't know, it's very eye-pleasing in a way to me. I like it. I like it a lot. Christopher Nolan, it's also another one who's like brilliant. I think one of my favorite movies is Inception. Yes. <laughs> It's, it's it's fantastic. I love that. Yes. Why do you like you, you also like movies that are like psychological kind of stuff going on. Yeah. 
I do. I do. I like movies that actually make, I mean, of course I enjoy movies who, uh, which are just like for you to watch, for you to have fun, for you to kind of like disconnect the brain. I love that. Um, but also I, I love movies that actually make my brain work in such uh, yeah. ways that I have to figure it out what's going on. It's always interesting to me. It's always very appealing to me, especially the psychological um, thrillers at some, some time and point. Uh, I just find it very intriguing and I like that. I like that a lot. I don't know why, but I do. Yeah. I like those too. I think we're on the same page with that. Inception, I like... I'm disappointed that Martin Scorsese didn't do that one because then I would say that like that would be like my favorite and it's like Martin Scorsese. Uh, I've seen a lot of Scorsese films, I want to say. There's a Shutter Island. I started watching The Aviator a little bit. Um, what, Goodfellas is, is one. I've seen that. I've seen some of his music documentaries with george harrison and bob dylan i have seen those i haven't seen those okay what do you think would be the difference okay let's start back here what is the role of a director for a film with the responsibilities like define the position of director for a film and their responsibilities well he's a person responsible for the entire final product and storytelling of a film so it's uh, not just directing a crew it's not but it's also making important decisions when it comes to a story so um of course that also has to do a lot with the editing process but i think that in the end especially since you're the one in charge it is it is the final product yeah it is what it, what we see on, on the big screen right um so yeah, I think just making those decisions of like guiding people, guiding actors, uh, guiding the story, um, guiding the editing process um, in order for us to see something that is pleasing <laughs> to the eye. Yeah. So Scorsese, I did some research on him a little bit. And when he's talking about filmmaking, mm -hmm. Somewhere in here. Oh, wow. Wrote a lot. Um, the number one thing is to use your roots. Mm -hmm. So he's coming from New York. So a lot of his films take place in New York. And that uh, the culture, the people, the attitude, uh, the aesthetics in a way of like how things look. And so he uses that in telling the story and the narratives. The second thing is characters on edge. He likes to get characters like the, he's interested in the nature of people and like the flaws of human beings and not being afraid to kind of explore those flaws in humans because they're all uh, in the human experience. We all have that in ourselves. And so the viewer can see kind of that like darker aspects of themselves and these characters and play with it in a way that makes it engaging and interesting uh music in mind so this is something i thought was fascinating where scorsese said that he has he has like these catalogs that he keeps of tapes 
of songs that he'll just like make a mental note and then like think about where to insert it in films and then when he's making notes of films he's like very clear in like when the music comes in and he has like the shot and the music all in mind when he's directing it that is so interesting especially when it comes to music because he's yeah that's that's brilliant i think that so makes- he so he's he'll like make notes of songs and how they can potentially work and like what emotion and what type of uh situation i thought that was pretty fascinating i kind of want to do that for myself like build a library of just songs and then like note the emotion and what it communicates yeah uh okay direct the shot or direct the edit so he says that all the edits should be considered ahead of time so then the editor's job is actually really just putting it together it's not necessarily I mean it's still creative but not you know it's not like oh I shot a bunch of stuff like here edit it so every shot is like meant it's like visualize how it will turn out I thought that was pretty interesting um and then his his parents would say there's always hope there's always another way if you fail there's always another way and that persistence and uh kind of those values that drove him. I like what you said about the editing because that is so true. Um, I worked in multimedia uh, a few years back and it is so important that when you're actually, it's it's kind of like funny because when you're shooting a video, you know what you're shooting at and you know the vision that you have for the end uh, product. And I remember that um, sometimes we would go to like uh, political events or stuff like that. And, I, and as I was shooting, I was like, okay, I'm going to place this in the camera. And then this is going to be here in the beginning of the, of the video. This is going to be more impactful. And then towards the end, I want to shot like this. So you start moving and playing around with it. Uh, and you're editing in your head as you're shooting a video. So it is interesting how he actually just like shoots everything. And of course you have extra B-roll, right? Just in case something doesn't mm-hmm. work, you have another option, right? Um, but yeah, by the end of... Uh, of the production, I, I remember just like taking the B-roll and just like cutting it where where I was like thinking of, where I was like picturing the video to look like in order to get that final product. So yeah, it is an interesting thought process that now that you're mentioning it, I kind of like go back to it. And I'm like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense because that is what you like, you know what you want and you know what you see, and you, have, you know your vision, right? So yeah. it's just also of trusting that process. Do you know do you know much about Scorsese? He seems like a fun guy. I don't know much about him. Like uh, <laughs> I'm a film enthusiast, but I'm not like a film expert. <laughs> okay. um, so I know most mostly uh some of his work. Uh, but I mean, yeah, he looks like a fun guy. Like, yeah, like I don't mind him at all. It's yeah. also like Tarantino, who's like very, I don't know. I've seen a couple of interviews with Tarantino, and he's also like a very spontaneous guy. So I like the vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right. So I watched Taxi Driver. 
I found it. Uh, found it engaging and uh, suspenseful mm-hmm. and like crescendoing where mm-hmm. you're watching this character and it seems more and more like psychologically he's getting deeper and deeper into these darker thoughts and almost like in his own world to where the end then it kind of is this big finale in a way and you see the the results of this like build-up releasing but i i was unsatisfied with the actual ending why I think he should have. So, spoiler spoiler alert. So, this character Travis Bickle, he's a former Vietnam vet. He comes back and then he has an insomnia. So then he's a taxi driver at night. So he rides around, but he's like unafraid to pick up anybody. He goes into all these different parts of town, and he sees, uh, you know, he what he would call like the garbage and like scum of the city and he he then becomes determined in a way to clean it up and then there's this political presidential candidate and he gives him a ride in his taxi and it's kind of like this symbolic when we look at the way I kind of perceived it is that it, there's this political when exploring aspects of society films i think will throw a political character in there but all these political characters are kind of like stock characters all saying kind of the same things and they're symbolic of kind of the same this uh same like solutions for problems it's like oh this person this one individual now will bring hope and bring prosperity to all and it's it's kind of like this uh this role in a way but it takes a toll and he sees prostitution so he wants to he is determined to save this 12 year old prostitute and then in the end he like shoots everybody around her so that she can be free now I thought he should have died in that scene. I think that would have been a better ending. Instead, he goes into a coma, he wakes up and everybody, the newspapers, they talk about him being a hero. And then he goes back to work being a taxi driver. Yeah. I think I think it would have been better if if he just died there. Why? What would have been what would have been the purpose of like doing that of like killing the character at the end? I think by having him live and being a hero, it becomes a little cliche and okay. conventional. Whereas I feel like the nature of the film is to show the darkness of this individual and kind of the 
unpleasant side or unseemly side of a human being. And then to have to go through this dramatic sequence of shooting and uh, death. This character then lives, it seems contrary to what the film kind of vibe was. Yeah, but I think that even that if he lives, it's not like, I mean, you say, okay, he he ends up in this kind of like hero-like position, but I don't think so. Because I mean, he's going to live with that for the rest of his life. I mean, it's it's a trauma that he already has upon the trauma um, of just like murdering these people and then just like go with it, you know? And he's going to go back to be a taxi driver. So it's like living in that same um, miserable loop endlessly no <laughs> that's no it felt like, it felt like it felt like they that would have been the best ending if he died but then they were like oh shoot we got to wrap up this with yeah. this other character that uh you know he wanted to date so we'll get we'll put her in the back seat of his taxi and then they'll have like one final goodbye yeah i don't know for me, I guess it just didn't seem as impactful. Okay. Benny didn't seem as impactful as if 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 he would have died in the scene. I don't know. It is interesting. I mean, it is a it is a good take on it. I think so. Like it's always I'm a huge fan of like killing characters for some reason. Because it it, it has an impact, right? It's like you say, it has yeah. and it could have been different. It would have been more like memorable, probably um but also i think that yeah. just leaving a character to, to leave with that weight um and then going back just to like the ordinary life that they had like being a taxi driver it's gonna like okay so then it leaves it leaves the viewer thinking oh now he has to continue living and the bird the burden you had mentioned the burden okay i see that too yeah like i think that's that was the point i think so <laughs> I mean, also, if you think about it, he can't sleep at night. That's why he's a taxi driver, right? Yeah. Now he has, he he's going to have less time to sleep, like, because of what he's done, I think. I don't know. <laughs> we should ask uh, for a sissy. Maybe. Uh, we should. We should. That so cool. the whole, the one of the themes is like this existentialism. And you had, you had brought up existentialism before. Um <laughs> What fascinates you about the theme of existentialism in the film? It's all about, okay, well, it's it's one, all about reflection. I think that, well, something that I can connect with is that we all deal with those questions of what if we have actual control of our lives? What if, because uh, we sometimes, I don't know, sometimes I feel like we're so sure that we have uh, control over our fate. And then something happens that you realize you don't, right? So I also like, it, it's kind of like those questions that keep you up at night. So what if, or what could I have done to prevent this? Or what if I had taken another route? So I don't know, just the idea of maybe thinking that we do have control over our lives and then realizing we don't and how that impactful it is i think that's what like keeps me up at night sometimes kind of like same like travis i can sleep 
How much do you think we're in control of our lives? Probably like 10%. I don't know. <laughs> you think so? I, I, I honestly don't know. Cause, um, I think it's funny because sometimes we, for example, sometimes we work towards something and we give our 110% and we think that we're going to get it in the end because we deserve that. That's also the ghost and treason, like the, um, the ego, right, of the human being uh, thinking that you, you work hard, I deserve this, this is mine, right? Mm-hmm. And then it doesn't work that way. Why? Because I don't know. Life just happens. I don't know. It's something really strange. So I think that, well, probably like, what, like 35% I think we're in control. The rest, I don't know who's in control, honestly. It's just like random stuff. I don't know what's going on. Life is happening all around us. Mm-hmm. And you, you honestly never know what's going to happen. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. What are you going to do tomorrow? You have some plans, right? But yeah. what if happens like it's just like strange like you never know what's going to happen so i don't know that keeps me up a lot at at night to be honest have you ever been in new york no i've never been to new york i want to go what what is most appealing to you about new york that is a good question i think i'm gonna be honest the food the food (laughs) I want to try the food. I know because I know it's a big, uh, it's a huge city and there's people from everywhere. Yeah. So I'm really like intrigued about the food. And because and I mean, a lot of people that I know that have been to New York, they're like, the food's really good. So I'm like, I want to try that food. I don't know. Yeah. The only wow. food I seem to eat when I'm in New York is just pizza. Are you serious? I just, I just like eat pizza all the time. It's so convenient. They have these like, um, they have like pizza shops everywhere and you just go and you get like a slice and it's, you can just like eat it on the go and it just fills you up and then you can just keep, keep moving. You know what I want to eat? I want to eat a hot dog from a hot dog stand. That's what I want. Okay. Yeah. That's a dream. But, but I think also other than that probably is just. I don't know the buildings, the architecture of New York. I don't know. I think it's interesting. I love taking photos of buildings for some reason. I found I find a lot of beauty in them. And I know that New York has a lot of them. So I'm interested in that as well. Do you have a favorite? So when we're thinking about films, it's comprised of shots, obviously. Do you have a favorite shot like a go-to shot when you're when you're exploring your own photography do you have when you're taking photos of buildings do you have a a particular go-to shot that you like to create that is a really good question Honestly, something that I've noticed, okay, it depends. Of course, when you're shooting portraits, it is uh, something different, right? Uh, But something that I do really like doing, especially when shooting buildings, it's going from up, like upwards. I love how the buildings look like incredibly tall and huge because they are, right? But it also gives this illusion of them being like even bigger. 
right? And that's something that you're going to see a lot in my photography, especially when it comes to buildings. I like to shooting buildings um, in an upward direction. I just like the way they look. It looks appealing to me. And also probably, which other kind of shots? It just depends. I think it really, I've never really thought of it. But I don't know, sometimes I see a building or I see something and I try to go for multiple shots to see what actually fits better, what actually looks better within a shot. Um, and that's kind of like how I go around. Yeah. So I'm trying to find a photo. So say this is one I took, what, it was Tuesday. Ooh. So, something like that where you're only getting the tops of the buildings? Is that what you're referring to? Kinda, yes, but I would be like, even like next to the building, like like next to that tall tower, like the biggest, uh -huh. I would be like right into the corner in that street and I would like shoot up, yeah. So then something more, uh, more so you get closer to the building and do it. Yes. I took this one, uh, was it yesterday? Look kind of like this, like where I'm like actually like, like okay, by the building. I like those kind of shots. I don't know why, but I do. I think it looks pretty. So something more like this. Yeah. Okay. So that's a shot I noticed Scorsese used in Taxi Driver is. Yeah. When music is is being played, yeah, we'll have like video of the the buildings in New York, but from like the bottom up, yeah. And I thought that looked cool. It is cool, right? It, and it's also, I think, it is a way to show how big the city is, like the greatness of the city in a way. Because I mean, if, I mean, when when we when I think of New York, I've never been to New York, but when I when I think of it. I think of food <laughs> and I think of like tall buildings. That's what I think of when I think of New York. It's so photogenic. That's why I want to go. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest. That's the goal. Take photos of every single building. So, okay. So your photography, do you have a particular style or intention with what you like shooting and, and, collecting in a way okay that depends a lot of uh what i'm working with uh for example sometimes okay i'm gonna give you an example i do a lot of like pregnancy shoots <laughs> really yeah i do a lot of like pregnancy photo shoots and something that i try to capture right there it's not just um a mom and the baby right no but it's also showing that um emotion like emotional ability uh, to capture the essence of someone who's about to have a baby. I don't know, that's weird. I phrase that like really weirdly, but um, also the vulnerability of people. That's something okay. that I capture in photos. Do you like taking photos more of people or of like scenes? and things i think i like both <laughs> yeah yeah 
sometimes. Yeah, because it is it is a very different subject. With the buildings, you can play a little bit more with perspective. Of course, with human beings as well, you can play with the perspective, how you um, try to photograph a person and why you try, why are you trying that? Um, but I think with people, it's always the emotional appeal and what they, they're able to transmit in a photo. So as the photographer, what is something How can how can you best bring that out in people when you're taking photos of them to like yeah. to get that that nuance to come out? <laughs> that is that is a good question. Um, well, something that I always uh, tell my subjects. It's okay. The camera, I don't know why, but people feel like very intimidated by a camera, which is intimidating sometimes. Um, so I always tell them to relax. And something that I usually do is like close your eyes and think of a happy place <laughs> or something. I don't know. It depends, right? Um, and then I get closer to them. And then I tell them, open your eyes, maintain, like keep that thought in mind but don't look at me, don't look at the camera. Because a lot of people tend to like, when they take a photo, it's like looking at the camera. And I don't like people to look at the camera. I like people to actually get distracted by, some, by something else or like keeping their eyes, their sight somewhere else. So I, I can focus on, on their, um, on the, yeah, just like on the shot. Um, so something that I do, it's like, if I'm telling you like, okay, like, Keep that happy like thought in mind, but don't look at me. I would I would actually make my subject to look away. But of course, they, they maintain that happy thought. They're smiling. So I get closer with the camera and I actually shot that moment. And that actually um, transmit a lot of probably joy or enjoyment. And also, um, I think it just works for the person to also feel a little bit more relaxed knowing that... Um, I'm telling them, don't look at me, stay in a happy place. So yeah, that's kind of like, that's an exercise that I do. Do you think, do you like your subjects looking at the camera or like looking off in the distance more or looking somewhere else? Looking somewhere else. I think it works best. I mean, of course, sometimes I'm like, okay, look at the camera, smile, but it feels a lot more forced. You know, if I tell them like, look away, um, even that same distraction is probably gonna change their expression, like the fa the facial expression. So I can capture something else. Maybe they're not really happy, but they're a little bit more like in a serious mood or I don't know, something else is going on. Um, that if I tell him, look away, that it's gonna come through the shot. So I suppose with everything, it feels like the intention of what the subject wants to communicate dictates the pose and where to look and all of that so there's not one way to go about it but something i'm cognizant about recently is poses and like getting a better repertoire of poses for photos how would you encourage one to go about exploring poses, new poses 
for photos on camera? Honestly, sometimes um, it is kind of weird, but sometimes when you exaggerate movement in a photo or like poses in a photo, you might feel like it's really strange or weird, but for some reason it works on the lens. So sometimes even, of course it depends on the kind of photo that you want to take, right? Um, if you just want a selfie, well, I don't know, position the camera in different angles and also position yourself like probably not so much like with your body backwards, but a little more upfront, play, okay. play with your expressions. So it's also about uh, yourself and also letting go of that tension. Don't think that mm. you're taking a photo. Don't think that someone's taking a photo of you. It's like, let the body be. Get relaxed. <laughs> Why are so, you are you considering like any more poses or what what's going on there? I just gotta figure. I gotta figure. I gotta. So something I'm aware of in mm -hmm. uh, the things I want to do, I have to get better at marketing. Okay. And so my social media is like pretty uh, lacking in that category. Okay. So I've been told I gotta put more photos of myself on there okay. and so then i have to uh i want to figure out poses where it's not just like me like smiling like yeah. in front of the camera like uh show some range you know yeah. <laughs> or just like other than <laughs> uh so i'm exploring some different poses some uh but it goes back to, I read uh, Da Vinci's biography okay. uh, late last year, and he was big in connecting art and science together. And so he would study, he was all about observation and um, well, observation, I would say. So in his paintings, it's about he would understand kind of the human body and anatomy in a way where the external is communicating the internal. So everything that your body is doing, or it looks, whatever someone from the, someone else can observe of you, they can get a sense of what's going on internally. Right. And so with photography or film body language and the expression is so important to communicate what you want the viewer to feel or think right yeah like it is very interesting that you bring up uh like body language and acting because uh, today I was watching Prisoners uh, with my class. We were watching uh, the movie in class. Have you seen that movie? Prisoners? Yeah. It's with uh, Jake Gyllenhaal and Hugh Jackman, Viola Davis, um, Paul Dano, I think that's his name. Have you seen the movie? No? No. Is it a newer one? 
No. I haven't seen a lot of movies. So. <laughs> it's like a 2013 movie, so it's been like 10 years old now. Okay. Um, but it's really good. And something that I like about that scene is uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. It's really good at just like sometimes not saying anything and just look at the camera and then you can feel what the mm. is um, feeling, right? Because of the expression of his face. And I think that's that's fantastic, right? For example, in that um, in that movie, he's a police detective or something like that. And he's like, he's a, well, I'm not gonna spoil it to you, um, but okay. um, he's a detective, right? And there are scenes where he's actually like very annoyed, but he doesn't like say something, but you can see it in his face. And you can truly feel it, like, and you're like, like, okay, you know that. Um, so I think it is very interesting how, yes, the facial expressions are even just like, I don't know, like raising your brows in certain ways, like actually shows something different, even in the way that you raise your brows, exactly, right? Um, it can be kind of like surprise or it can be like something like, are you serious? Like, I don't know, it's, it is a different meaning, right? It has a different meaning, so yeah. I would say just play around with the poses. Like you love reading, so why not trying some poses with books? That could be cool for your marketing strategy. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever? Um... People probably practice that, don't they? Like facial expressions in the mirror. Yes, you have to. <laughs> it is kind of weird, but yes. <laughs> So I when I was at, go ahead. There you go. When I was in Mexico City, at the, I went to the Frida Kahlo Museum, or the house, Casa Azul. And she was really into photography, so she had these different uh, poses. And she would remark how important the visual is in creating something larger and for her I me mean, nowadays people would say it as like your personal brand or whatever but she would use photography to explore her own emotions and just like play with it that just like it stuck out to me at the time and also if you think about it um she was I mean, of course she's a painter right but she she used to do a lot of self self portraits right and she yeah. used to say, um, I, I don't remember exactly the words, but uh, she always said that she used to paint herself the most because that's what she knew, right? And it's not mm. in a way. Um, and I love that phrase. I love that quote because sometimes, like, yeah, my, my Instagram's full of selfies, right? Um, but even then, like, I try to always, like, if I take selfies, like, take selfies, like, I don't know, showing different character in a way sometimes. So it is fun. And actually I took a, uh, a couple of years ago, I took uh, some modeling classes and I took the photos, especially because I wanted to learn um, what it's like to be in front of the camera in order for me to be able to help the people that I work with, with poses, <laughs> one of them, and also how to actually like feel a little bit more freedom in front of a camera because it is intimidating. Yeah, I didn't like it. Tell me more about this modeling class and what you learned. You actually learned how to exaggerate movement. 
And that's what it is. Like sometimes you have to exaggerate things. Like if you think of high fashion, uh, the poses, they look very strange and they feel very strange. But actually when you see them in the cover of a magazine or when you see them in galleries, they work. And it's all about holding the body and being a little bit more comfortable with like getting away from the stiffness of just like crossing your arms or just like the design, you know? So stiffness mm-hmm. comes across as strange to viewers or unnatural or yeah. not free, I want to say. Yeah. Like not. Hmm. And also think of it in terms of like film. Imagine if we had movies where we'd have some movies, right? where the actors aren't just like embodying the the characters or they don't feel comfortable. Like it would be really strange to, to watch a movie where like there's a lot of stiffness, right? Yeah. So I think it's, it's mostly about the body. Yeah, I don't know. That it, it is a talent uh, that we don't really, discuss as being a talent or a skill and that's like being on camera especially in the 21st century when everybody we have all all these phones around us and we're always watching content on phones or tablets or screens the ability to be good on camera is a valuable skill to have but it's never really talked about right no yeah, that's true. Especially, I think when it comes to social media, it's like you said, it's like your personal brand. But there's also mm-hmm. a lot of like effort and talent on be that brand, you know, and actually knowing how to post, how to promote something. Um, yeah, how to take good photos of yourself in some ways for a lot of like big influencers. Yeah, it is a talent. It is a talent. But why, why then in society do we not discuss that more? I don't know. I think, well, seeing things from the perspective of probably like social media of Instagram, I think a lot of people just, are very hateful at times, or I don't know if they don't like to recognize that it is something valuable or that it's something, some type of talent. Because if you think about it, like social media, it's very new, it's fairly new. Yeah. So it's like, why is that important? Why is that relevant? Right? She's just taking photos. like Until they have to do it. Then they realize how difficult it is. Yeah. Yeah, because we think, okay, that, that looks simple. Like, I can take a selfie. But um, then actually when you have to work with yourself and you're like, oh, damn, like I actually don't know how to pose or I don't know how to take those angles or I don't know how to edit my photos. Um, then you see the challenge, right? But yeah, um, I don't know. I honestly don't know why people don't really discuss it as much. But yeah, I do believe that it is a talent. And I have to recognize that um, influencers, I mean, 
they might influence whoever people they want. They will sell the products they want, but they know how to build a brand around them. And that's so cool. I think so. So do you think that's also the role of the photographer and what makes a good photographer is if you can get your subject to be the most relaxed and natural that they can be? maybe yeah i think like there's it comes across in a in a photo like if you think about it sometimes when we take photos like purple photos you're like oh my gosh i hate how i look in that photo i look so weird right it's because you don't feel comfortable enough it's, it's kind of funny i mean it, it has happened to me a lot of times trust so yeah like it's also working around what is a good angle for you how do you how comfortable do you feel like in front of a lens yeah what do you what do you shoot on i shoot in a very old camera i need to upgrade my um my camera but it is a nikon nikon d 500 yes so why why do you choose to shoot on that rather than say an iphone Honestly, it is a very different medium. Like, like iPhones take really good photos, not gonna lie. But sometimes I really like the feel um, that a DSLR gives you in terms of like the final product. It is a different quality. Like iPhones have like amazing quality, but DSLRs, I don't know, there's just something to the essence of the photo that you can actually differ differentiate um, a photo between an iPhone and a DSLR. Like I can, yeah. It's something I've been thinking about lately is um, I, I've had three DSLRs at one point. I used to do the podcast on DSLRs. Oh, that's cool. But it wasn't because it was so much, so much work with files and well this is different we're you i'm talking photography and this was more like video but the lens would shut off like every 10 minutes doing video so then when you have like an hour-long video you have like process every 10 minutes like five different files that you have to like start and stop and i have found with iphones everything is so much more streamlined and the file organization is so much easier and it's it's like less there's less matter in yeah. a way whereas like physically taking a dslr around it's something to actually it can be a burden in some ways because you're less mobile so a lot of like when i do video or photos i love just the mobility that that it can do and that makes the comparison between dslr photos and iphone cam camera photos in favor of the iphone because i can take more and more diverse in a way i don't know yeah for me for example i recently went to LA 
I went to LA, I went to Disney, I went to Universal. I went to the Academy Awards Museum, which is really cool. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I'm wearing my Oscars hoodie, which is kind of nice. Um, and I didn't take my DSLR and I wanted to take it, but I, I was like that. I was like, I'm going to be carrying the camera around. I'm going to be struggling uh, because it was raining that week. So I was like, it's going to get wet. So I didn't, um, I didn't take the camera with me. And I regretted it so much. Really? <laughs> because one of the things that I love about the DSLRs, it's one, it gives you a very, it gives you a different quality of the photo. Um, also, even because I usually work with a 50 millimeter uh, lens. So it's a, it's a lot more focused, like for portraits. And there's a lot of people mm. in LA. And I wanted to take photos of people, right? Just like street photography, even like the places, the buildings, um, the rain, the streets. Um, and I try to do it with the iPhone, but it's not the same. I don't know. It's just the focal lens. It's not the same, you know? It, do, it's, it doesn't do what a 50 millimeter lens does. The iPhone doesn't do that. Even, and for example, even if you zoom in with the iPhone, it's going to lose quality. If you zoom in yeah. with the DSLR camera and the lens, of course, the quality is there. So I I've mean, seen photographers do little tricks like the iphone i know there's like little lenses for the iphone to like yeah to don't lose that quality but i don't have those little lenses <laughs> isn't also, it fascinating all the options of taking media and if you compare that to say even like frida Kahlo's day yeah how how much how cheaper and more abundant the technology is that the barrier of entry to get to pursue creativity or expression through vi visual is so much easier than it ever has been Yes. In a way. Yes, especially because like we have it like right here. Something yeah. that bothers me. <laughs> Why? <laughs> that no, hold on, let me finish. Wait, Something let, that bothers. Let me turn on the light because it's getting dark green here. I can see. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't have actually like real lights, but we're gonna turn the best to lighten up this one. There we go. It's better. I can see better now. There we go. So I was saying something that bothers me is how other people don't take good photos. So they're like, oh, you want me to take a photo of you? And I'm like, sure. And then they take a photo and they're like, yeah, let me know what you think. And I'm like, yep, yeah, this is good. Thank you. So like sometimes I do like yesterday I was walking. Uh, I was downtown and I was on the bridge. Uh, on the Chicago River and there's a family of four and they were like taking like selfie photos and then they try to take it like the dad was taking a photo of his wife and the two kids and I'm like you guys want a photo so then so then I take a photo and I'm I take you know like 10 
more than like 10. And I'm like squatting down, getting all these angles. And I'm like, check this out. And they were like, wow, <laughs> thank you so much. Because uh, it's something I'll do with other tours too. Like I'll, I'll go and just like as a service, like take photos for people. Um, it's interesting how it's not natural for people to take good photos even though they're seeing all these images all the time so like like say framing or lighting just basic concepts rules of thirds that regular people don't think about right yeah yeah it's funny because whenever i'm taking like even like like you say like a photo like of a family or something i always try to look for the best angles right where you can see the yeah. you can see the landscape um where the light is hitting you know if the yeah. sun is like pretty much like on their faces i'd be like you know what let's move around you'll be on the side, yeah. side so we're gonna get like better lighting so i think of all of that and i think to me it comes naturally it's just something that i like i just uh and i've always been like that actually yeah so I don't know. I don't know if it's something that you develop over time or it's just something that you're going to like lean towards or I don't know. I don't know what it is. But yeah, it's funny how when you take like photos of people and they're like good photos and they're like, okay, could you take a photo of me? And it's like, you're like, the lighting is the worst and then it's the worst pose and it's like, oh, thank you. Or But then sometimes you got to be like, all right, you stand there. I'll take a photo of you, and then you just replicate this. Yes, and it doesn't even work. Oh man, um, I know that feeling, but it's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. Like a lot of these are skills, but they're not often seen or discussed as like skills. Mm -hmm. But it's so relevant. It's so relevant across the board. Yeah, because even if you think about it, like all the TV commercials or the, um, I think a lot of like um, like food marketing of how photography is so crucial to what we buy. Yeah. If it doesn't look good, whether it's a perfume, whether it's uh, food, whether it's makeup, clothing, you're not gonna buy it. It's all visual. But people won't consciously think about acknowledge it. that. We're being influenced all the time by images, visuals. Yes. Hmm. That is interesting. That yeah. is interesting. And so like films then are sharing a narrative yeah. through visuals and audio and this kind of marriage and blend of the two to get an audience to have a reaction or like a feeling. Um, and if you think about it, when it comes to film, it is, it is film is a very unique type of experience because you're seeing things and you're feeling things. It's like, you're there. That's, I mean, it's the way that you um, merge into the movie uh, or into the documentary you're watching, like, I don't know. There's something very special about the experience of just going to a movie theater, watching a movie, and then cry in that movie, probably, or feeling excitement or anger. 
um, because it feels like you're right there, right? And it's made for, for that reason, right? It's to actually um, make you feel something. It's a beautiful form of art. So something I do, I'll share with you the photography I practice. Yeah. So I call it moment photography. I don't know if it's a thing or not, but throughout our day, when we're going about our day, life is happening all around us and everything is interconnected. And each part of your day or your day is comprised of just moments, seconds, well, many, many seconds, but like moments. And so what I try to do is like train my mind to notice like interesting things or scenes. So if I'm on the street and there's uh, an interesting car here and uh, people walking over there and an interesting building here, I can like take a photo of it. Yeah. So I'll go about my day and take uh, a bunch of photos. I started doing this. Um, I first started training my mind to do this when I, I made an art book. So I would go about my day, right? And then I would I would try to find things that looked interesting to me and then replicate it digitally. Ooh, nice. So this pattern right here is actually a sidewalk bump okay. on the sidewalk. for So they're designed to be there for the visually impaired. So okay. they're like these grooves, but these grooves have designs on them that are really cool. So like training your mind to find beauty like everywhere and find like interesting things so so i'll go about my day and just like take photos and then i accumulate all these photos and i organize them in photo albums and then on i have like apple tv this is really like the only reason i have an apple tv is so that i can connect my icloud photos and the albums and then i can watch them back in a slideshow, like on shuffle. And then it helps me practice gratitude for, uh, I take, I, I organize them with like trips. So like locations and then like months. And so I can like visually like rewatch moments of my life back and be appreciative of those moments. Yeah. And so when I went to Mexico city, I took so many photos so I'm like, this is going to be the most epic album. So now I have like 900 photos of Mexico City and like different scenes of Mexico City. And uh, I enjoy that. Is there a name for that type of photography? I don't think so. I don't think so. But that is a good practice, though. That is yeah. a good practice. For example, if it's something that you see on the street, I would say that it's type of like street photography um that is just like happening on the street I mean of course people have like different definitions to it like what is actually like street photography right but yeah. um but if it's something that I see on the street whatever thing it is for me that's street photography because like it was there right it's sort of like a of a, of a portrait uh, uh definition or something less artistic or more and even more abstract, right? Like you were saying, like with the patterns. I think that's really cool. That's a really cool and good practice. I like that. Yeah, it's fun. Thought I'd share that. Yeah. Uh, lastly, before before we head out here, 
What was your impression of Los Angeles? How many times have you been there? I've been twice. So this was my okay. second. Um, there's a lot of contrast in LA. One block, so? one block, it's going to be full of cool stuff. And then the second one, you're going to see a lot of people in need on the street. That's something that okay. caught my attention. Um, and it's very crowded very crowded so where did you go in los angeles we went to the hollywood boulevard and i don't know it, it was another like few streets um in like places but i don't know the names honestly to be honest but, but you were I, by the academy awards museum Yes, we were around that area and also we moved around um, other streets, other areas, which I don't recall the names, to be honest. Oh, good. I think it was La Brea, like La Brea County. I don't know if it's a county okay. or an area. Um, and also, even just driving through the freeway, because we actually also stayed in Anaheim. Um, yeah, you see a lot of people, a lot of different people. You see, um, again, something that really caught my attention is the contrast between, because we, we were actually, I think, close to the Dolby Theater. Okay. And they had the street closed. In a, and there was like a bunch of stuff, a bunch of traffic right there and everything. And then right, like you turn that corner in that street and there were a bunch of people in tents. And I was like, oh, dang. Yeah. Interesting. What I'm was your favorite? Go ahead. No, yeah, that is just like, it is ironic. I don't know. Like one night you're watching people wearing like $10,000 dresses and shoes. And then right next to it, it's someone who doesn't even have like $10 for a new pair of shoes. So I don't know. Yeah. What was your favorite part? Uh, is it Disney World or Disneyland in California? Disneyland. Okay. Yeah. Have you gone to Disney World? To the one in Florida? Yeah. No, I want to go. I want to go to the Universal Studios in Florida just be because of the Harry Potter Park. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I went to the one in California, though. It's freaking cool. I loved it. It's kind of cool. What, what was your favorite part about it? About what? the disney universal or the disney land I love both. okay so i'm a huge i'm a huge fan of disney and i'm a huge fan of what universal does as well um so i really like both but i gotta tell you the harry potter theme park yeah it really blew me away <laughs> i'm a huge fan so they have harry potter in california and florida yes but the I think the original one opened in Universal Studios uh, in Florida, in Orlando. Okay. That was the first one. And then they opened a smaller version of it, I think, here in California. So I want to go to the one in Florida. And I also want to go to the one that they have in London because it's like the place to be. Oh, nice. Nice. Well, thanks for coming on and uh, kind of exploring thoughts on photography, film, intention with expression and capturing moments uh it's just fun no thank you it's always a pleasure to 
come to this podcast and talk to you. It's always interesting. We always have like very like cool in-depth conversations. That go yeah. like, it's cool. I like that. Those are the best. Well, thank you. No, thank you.